Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 12th of August 2020 Hong Kong Stories Podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. We can't predict the future, but we go through our lives as though we know what's going to happen next, making plans of what we'll do in a week or a month or a year. And this week, as we listen to Joy's story, we're going to try and spend a bit of time in the present, opening our eyes and experiencing our situation as it is. Before we get to today's stories, though, a huge hug goes out to our loyal hometown listeners. Thanks for always being there and supporting everything we do. And thanks today go to our overseas listeners as well, including listeners in Las Vegas, in Nevada and the USA, Moscow in Russia, and Dundalk in Ireland. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. We're still looking for ways to host our shows and our workshops again, but in the meantime, our email is still open. We've received a few exciting emails recently and are looking forward to what is coming next. Have a look on our website, hongkongstories.com, for any news that's coming up. This podcast has gone from strength to strength thanks to our storytelling community, local support, and the strong bonds in our local podcasting community too. One of the people who supported this podcast from the start has something more to give. Is anyone even going to listen to this? That's what Regina thought when she first started Hashtag Impact Podcast in 2016. Fast forward four years, Hashtag Impact is still up and running, featuring guest hosts across the globe, inspiring listeners to make a positive difference in the world. In season one of her new show, Off the Record, Podcasting with Impact, she walks you through the first steps of starting a successful podcast. Regina shares podcasting tips and tricks, as well as epic fails, so you can avoid her mistakes and start making an impact with your podcast from day one. Tune in to Laugh and Learn with Regina at www.hashtagimpact.com forward slash off the record. I found Regina inspiring and helpful in my podcasting journey. Now we're ready for Joy's story, which was told in our January 2020 show, which had the theme, Ready, Steady, Go. Here's Joy. Born and raised in Hong Kong, I've always considered myself a third culture kid, TCK. For those of you that may be unfamiliar with the term, It refers to kids that are born and raised in a country that is different from their parents' hometown. The child's identity is therefore neither 100% reflection of the parents' culture nor 100% reflection of the hometown culture, hence creating a third culture mix. As a TCK, my relationship with Hong Kong is pretty straightforward. I can't choose between my Indian and Hong Konger side. In some aspects of my life, one dominates the other. When it comes to food, nothing, and I mean nothing, changes my love for dim sum and trunk fun. (laughs) On the movies and music side, I like both Hollywood and Bollywood, although in some situations, there's no bias. In the month of June, when the government in, over the government introducing an extradition bill, 
our city started to see some social unrest. Exactly the time I started dating Prem. Prem had come to our university as a research assistant to work over the summer holiday. He was from India. He approached me for SIM card options in our university cafe. <laughs> what, what I anticipated would be a quick chat turned into an hour-long conversation. He was smart, funny, handsome, and mature. We clicked. But he wasn't from Hong Kong, and I didn't know if long-distance relationship would work. But after two months of getting to know each other, we decided we're going to give long-distance relationship a shot. India wasn't too far, and he liked Hong Kong for his career. The night before he left, we held hands and watched the sunset by the harbor. He whispered, don't worry, Joy, I'll be back before you know it. Our story was perfect, but now I was beginning to notice changes. Amid social unrest, I noticed this shift in my identity, a shift towards my Indian side. When social unrest started in our city, sure, there were minor traffic inconveniences. It would become a topic at dinner conversations. But it wasn't till I saw public facilities vandalized, when I were places that I'd grown up and I would see glass shattered. The university campus that Prem and I had first met had to be cordoned off by security guards that I realized these protests had become real. And while my journalism classmates were cherishing this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go pursue freelance reporting in the field, to distract myself from the negativity, I found myself watching Bollywood movies and rethinking my career goals about becoming a reporter in Hong Kong. These thoughts arose as I scrolled past my playlists for the past few months. They had been full-on Bollywood. As I sat watching the sunset by the harbor one night, I realized I was not paying attention to the sunset. I was listening to slow songs by the soulful artist Arjit Singh and looking up words in Hindi to learn his lyrics. My culinary tastes were changing. This girl, who always chose dim sum and trung fan, was suddenly picking Indian appetizers. There's that one Indian appetizer that can satisfy your crispy, spicy, crunchy, tangy, sweet, sour cravings. It's called chaat. I was suddenly taking pride in introducing different types of chaats to my friends and developing a taste for chaat myself. Was I suddenly this Indian food ambassador? One night, I was Skyping Prem, and I casually brought up the subject of living in India together. Babe, you know, India seems like such a peaceful place to live in in comparison <laughs> to Hong Kong right now. My boyfriend begged to differ. Joy, are you crazy? Hong Kong is so perfect and efficient. It's got the world's best transportation system. Do you even know how hard it is to open a simple bank account in India? 
I've been working so hard to graduate and pursue my career in a world-class city. Are you crazy? You want to come to India? Well, I couldn't argue. I've heard tales of our family working its way through India's partition with Pakistan. My parents' efforts to educate themselves and support our family in this world's most expensive city. I grew up in Hong Kong. Going back to India would be a step back for our family. And my boyfriend, his dream career is in Hong Kong. If I went back to India, would he be able to pursue his dream career? Besides, if I'm worried about social unrest, I don't think India is a good idea. During one of the summer weekends, I met Prem for dinner near our university, and we got stuck because train services in the area were suspended. I recall Prem dropped me to my doorstep, and he had to make his way back to his dorm all by himself. He walked past a district sprayed with tear gas all by himself. That night, we spoke over the phone, and I had a million questions. Are you okay? Did the tear gas hurt? What about the petrol bombs? He chuckled. Don't worry. This kind of stuff happens in India all the time. In the past few months, whenever I've sent him photos of vandalized public facilities or called him to talk about my feelings, he reassures me our city is going to recover and tells me he's coming back for his career. I was really bummed when our university suspended the semester in November. I couldn't go to campus to meet my friends, and I would get photos of vandalized university facilities. Whenever I sent them to him, he sent me photos of his university facilities and told me to come over. The same facilities and a chance to meet new friends. You'll get both here. The past few months have been pretty daunting for someone that has never experienced social unrest in their city. It starts with acknowledging there's been changes in my relationships. My relationship with Frame, it became straightforward. And my relationship with Hong Kong, it just got complicated. Thank you. I think most of us would agree that our relationships are all a little bit complicated at the moment. Storytelling. Well, storytelling isn't complicated, though. And if you struggle with it, we can help guide you through. In October this year, we'll be hosting the second annual Student Story Slam, where Hong Kong students are invited to tell their stories on our stage. Or maybe because of COVID in our recording booth. We're inviting students to learn to tell their true first-person stories with the help and guidance of seasoned storytellers on the theme of seconds. If you have an idea or we, you would like to get yourself or your students involved, get in contact through our website, hongkongstories.com. Now a story from Becca, a story beautifully told, which again serves to remind us to live in the moment. From 2018... Here is Becca. It was a Wednesday towards late March, but with those warm wisps of summer just beginning to creep in. Me and a group of my work friends decided to go out for a few drinks. Just a couple. It was a school night, remember. 
I was about to start a new job, so I had all of these crazy plans going over and over in my mind. I was trying to convince myself they're all a really good idea. I get home, my head's all brimming full of these great ideas, and my boyfriend AJ opens the door. Why the fuck did you not get cat litter? And to say this banal bicker put a mild dent in my thought process is a little bit of an understatement. And that's all I really remember of that day, as a moment amongst many moments which changed the course of my life forever. It's around 10pm and I decide to start getting ready for bed. So I go upstairs and get changed, or more accurately, strip into my pants. Move into the bathroom and start brushing my teeth and washing my face. As I'm brushing my teeth, my arm just goes dead by my side. It's as though I've got severe pins and needles and my arm's just gone dead. Now in my mildly intoxicated state, I think this is hilarious. So I run across the landing and into AJ's gaming man cave. Hey AJ, I call out. My arm's gone dead, look. He ignores me, either too annoyed that I didn't get the, still annoyed I didn't get the cat litter or too engrossed in his video games. Oh well. I go into our bedroom and finish getting ready for bed. As I'm standing there contemplating what to do next, the same numb feeling spreads from my right arm, down the right side of my body, and to my right leg. At this point, I collapse. It's as though I'm a top-heavy weight, unable to balance myself, unable to keep myself standing up. It's as though my, half of my body has turned into boulders, and I just can't comprehend what's going on. As I'm sitting on the floor, I think to myself, if I just go to sleep, I'll wake up and I'll be fine. In my tired state, I reach out with my left hand and drag myself over to my bed. I hoist myself up on top and lean back. I think, I just need to go to sleep and then I'll be fine, as my eyes glaze over, probably. Now, the next few moments is as though I'm in an action movie with periods of intense action and so much happening, followed by long periods of darkness and nothingness. Age is in our room now. He comes in and asks me a few questions. Becca, are you okay? What was that noise? Becca, are you, what's, the, what's the matter? Becca, talk to me. To which I answer each of his questions both clearly and concisely. It was later I found out that I wasn't able to speak or communicate at all. And it would be another few weeks before I was able to string a sentence together. Two people in our room now. A man and a woman dressed in green hospital uniforms. They drag me up into a seating position and ask me what I'd taken. Nothing, I say, only this time to myself. Unless you count my two coronas I had earlier. They're now taking me downstairs, me draped across them. They're taking my full weight as they manoeuvre me carefully down the steps and strap me into a stretch at the bottom of the stairs. I'm wheeled slowly into an ambulance. Inside the ambulance, it's all bright lights and dark shapes as people are pouring over me, trying to fix me. Strangely, I can't hear any sounds. It's silence. In the hospital, I go after bay upon bay upon bay over the hospital beds. The curtains are white with green and blue ticks. I'm being chided for keeping my arm firmly tucked below my body as they try to inject me full of God knows what. At one point, I have an itch on my head. My eyes are closed, I'm lying there. And in my mind, my hand moves up to scratch my itch. Only the itch intensifies and doesn't disappear. When I open my eyes, I see my arm stuck by the side of my body, still immobile. It's crazy what the body can play tricks on your mind with. The whirling, the crashing and the banging and the pure relaxation of being inside an MRI machine. It's true. You're, I'm in a hospital and that's where they fix people, right? 
AJ sitting by my left side of the bed with a pure concerned look upon, uh, etched upon his face. I felt as though I was in a, a glass bubble looking down as everyone was rushing around me, trying to fix me, trying to make me better. But I was safe in my cocoon, thinking, I've got to go to work tomorrow. I've got to go to work tomorrow. The realisation didn't really hit me until the next day. My parents came in to see me. They travelled all the way across the UK. They came in from the right side and rushed over to give me a cuddle. Are you okay, my mum asked me. I responded. Sonia. That didn't work. I tried again. Sonia. It's okay, my mum said, as I broke down in tears. And that's all I really remember of March 26th, 2014. The day I had my brush with death. The day I probably would have died if I had in fact fallen asleep. The day I lost all movement in the right side of my body. And the day I couldn't speak nor respond. The day that marked the start of my recovery to where I am today. The day I had my stroke. Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell.